Ephesians chapter 1 is the main verse that we're going to be reading today. This whole month, as you know, usually we focus on a vision. Ephesians chapter 1, and I'm reading uh, verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. Look at your neighbor and say, you are blessed. blessed. Look at your other neighbor and say, I am very blessed. Verse 4 says, just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world. So you were chosen. Oh, I didn't hear anybody say amen there. You were chosen before the foundation of the world that we should be holy and without blame before him in love, having predestined us to the adoptions as sons by Jesus Christ to himself according to the pleasure of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace by which he made us accepted in the beloved. So God chose you before the foundation of the world And this part that we're going to focus on, he predestined you according to the pleasure of his will. In other words, God chose you before to fulfill his will, but that you also should fulfill God's will in your life. See, you're not an accident. Some of you are trying to look like you're an accident, but you're not an accident at all. All right, you're not an accident. You are someone who came here by God's design. And you are not here to live for you, but you are here to live for the purpose of God. Can I hear an amen? Amen. Verse 11 further amplifies that. It says, in him also we have obtained an inheritance, being predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will. Let me read that to you in other translations. The Amplified says, in him we were also made God's heritage, God's portion, and we obtain an inheritance. For we have been foreordained, chosen, and appointed before in accordance with his purpose. God chose you in accordance with his purpose. Then it says, who works out everything in agreement with the counsel and design of his own will. So you've been purposed by God. You've been predestined by God. You are here by God's design and you are here to fulfill God's purpose. The New Living Translation says, Furthermore, because we are united with Christ, we have received an inheritance from God for he chose us in advance. Tell your neighbor, you've been chosen in advance. (laughs) Then it says, and he makes everything work out according to his plan. So, you know, you're choosing God, chose you according to his plan, but he also chose you to fulfill his plan. So you're not just here to live for you, to do what you like, and to fulfill whatever you want. You are here to fulfill God's purpose. The message Bible is even more clearer. It says it is in Christ that we found out who we are and what we are living for. We are to live for something. That there's a purpose that we must live for. And we find that in Christ. It says long before we first heard of Christ and got our hopes high, he had his eye on us, has designed on us for glorious living. God had his eyes on you. 
Oh, you don't want to say amen to that. God has his eyes on you and God has designed for you to live for a specific purpose. So we have been predestined according to his purpose. We have been chosen in advance and God makes everything work according to his plan, according to the counsel of his will. And therefore God wants us to live according to his purpose. We are here to live and fulfill God's will in our lives. Fulfill God's purpose for which he brought us into the world. See, your coming into the world is not an accident. And the fact that you are here in the world, it means you have a mission to fulfill and a purpose to fulfill. God says to Jeremiah in chapter 1 verse 4, the word of the Lord came to me saying, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I set you apart and I ordained you to be a prophet to the nation. So the question is, what is it that God has ordained for you to be? What is God's purpose for your life? Do you know it? Or are you just living your life, just doing whatever, not knowing what God's purpose is for your life? In fact, God is a purpose-driven God and he never brings you into this world without a purpose. If God didn't want you to be alive in this world now, you wouldn't be here in 2020. 1 John 3, 8, the second part of it, part B, says, For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. In other words, if there was no purpose to the birth of Christ, he wouldn't have come into the world. And in the same way, you were brought into the world to fulfill purpose. The question I have for you today is this. Do you have clarity of what the purpose of your life is? Are you really sure? Do you have clarity? Or are you walking around with blurred vision concerning your purpose? You see, in medical science, they use the expression saying that somebody has 20-20 vision. That's what they say in medical science. Interestingly, 20-20 vision doesn't mean that you have perfect vision. But when an optometrist says to you that you have 20-20 vision, they're actually referring to your visual acuity. They are actually talking about the sharpness of your vision or the clarity of your vision at a distance of 20 feet or 6 meters. See, when the doctor tests your 20-20 visual acuity, they are testing how well your eyes can see an object at a distance of six meters. This is naturally speaking. They are testing if you can see letters clearly. They are testing if you can see your vision is sharp. They are considering if you have what they call normal vision. So this number indicates, this 2020 indicates that you can see at that distance of 20 feet or six meters compared to other people. And unfortunately, sometimes people are not able to see that. So the eye that God has given us is an amazing, amazing organ of our bodies. It's an incredible part of our bodies, this thing called an eye. Let me tell you what it consists of. It consists of the sclera, which is simply the outer part of the eye that holds that little ball of jelly together. It's called the sclera. You know, uh, how many, I don't know how many of you know, Runaro Batubakuleti Mosuit, Nerushaba Mutuka Sclair. Or Roshaba Mutuka S, that's where it comes from. Yeah, S. Omoshabaka S. Or Kasclair. Oh, Laitia, no, eh? Laitut. 
Then we have the cornea, which is the transparent front of your eye that lets light in. And then you have the iris, which is the adjustable part of your eye that controls the light that actually gets into your eye. But then you have something like a screen at the back of your eye called the retina, the projection screen of your eye that receives light. But then you have the optic nerve. The optic nerve carries the light signal into your brain, which is actually the seeing organ. You don't see through your eye, you see through your brain. The eye just simply carries the signal over to the brain. So the actual process, actually, by which you look and see is an astounding process. I mean, as I move, your eyes follow. As I come forward, go back, your eyes. But it's, it's an amazing thing because it's a combination of things. It's a combination of light waves, chemical reactions, and electrical impulses. It's an amazing part. And all of these work together with split-second precision better than German precision. Four sprung something, something. As you take a look at the room around you, like you do now, you notice the numbers of the people, you notice the colors, you notice the seamless way you perceive depth, distance. Think about how your eye reacts to light. How you can focus instantaneously, whether something is fine, near, bright, small, whatever. And all of that works in a split second through this amazing thing called the eye. But here's the sad thing. As powerful as your eyeball is, they are very significantly limited. Because every single eye in this room has a fatal flaw. Your eye can only see physical reality. Your eyes are limited only to seeing physical things. Cars, people, buildings, grass, dogs. These are only physical things. So your eye only limits you to a physical reality. But what I'm talking about today is not the physical 2020 vision, it's the spiritual 2020 vision. And here's the title of my sermon. Your 2020 vision in the year 2020. God's given us another eye called the spiritual eye. And it is through this spiritual eye that we can see the unseen. You see, physical seeing is the function of the eyes, but vision is the function of the heart. And what you need to know is, what is your vision for this year? Because you came into this world for a purpose. The question I have is, do you have 2020 vision for your purpose? Do you really, are you really clear about your purpose? See, vision is seeing with the invisible eye. Vision is seeing with the eyes of the heart. Vision is the ability to close your eyes and see better. In fact, sometimes our greatest hindrance to vision is our physical eyes. Because your physical eyes show you your defeat. They show you your background. They show you your poverty. They show you the fact that you were born and you never went to school. But you see, if you only focus on what your physical eye tells you, you will never have a bigger vision in your heart beyond what you can see with your eye. And so God has designed us that we should be men and women who have vision. See with the eye of your heart and see God's purpose for your life. 
Because God's purpose for your life is greater than what your physical eyes can see. Can I hear an amen? Vision is the ability to close your eyes and see better. Vision is a picture of a preferable future projected on the retina of your heart. And so we as people of faith, we understand that we cannot limit ourselves to what the natural eye can see. For we walk by faith and not by sight. In fact, vision is the spiritual side of life, which is even more real than the physical side of life. Why? Because the spiritual side is greater and bigger and stronger than the physical eyes. In fact, the Bible says, we, 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 whilst we walk, whilst we look not at the things that are seen, but at things that are not seen. For the things that are seen are temporal, and the things that are not seen are eternal. So if your seeing is limited to what your natural eye can see, you will always be limited to the natural realm. And as a result, you will always live a limited life. But if your seeing is seeing through the eye of the spirit, or seeing through the invisible eye, or simply having vision, your life will be limitless. That's why Proverbs 29, 18 says, where there's no vision, people perish. So what I want to do this morning, I want us to talk about this 2020 spiritual vision. Your 2020 vision in 2020. Spiritually, we want to have clarity, sharpness of vision. That's my question. Are you really clear of what your purpose is? Do you have clarity around that? Or have you just waltzed into 2020 like you have the other year? Or have you waltzed into 2020 with clarity? So we need to have 2020 vision. We need to be clear about several things. Let's go through them. The first thing you must have clarity on is clarity of your purpose. You must be clear. Why are you here? I mean, why are you still alive today? Huh? Why are you still here? Is it only to breathe in oxygen and increase the hole in the ozone layer? Why are you here? Why didn't God let you be alive in 1804? Why are you here in 2020? Why are you the person that you are? Why do you have the gifts that you have, the talents you have? Why are you the person that you are? Is it a coincidence or is it by God's design? How are we going to know our purpose? Many people come into the world not knowing their purpose. And for that reason, they just walk through life living lives that have no direction whatsoever. Now, it's not always that you can know why you are in the world. You may not know it when you are young, but in the process of time, you should work it out. Because listen to me, Barcelona. If you live for anything else in this world outside of your purpose, you will never be a satisfied person. People think riches will satisfy them. So they work hard to be rich, and after they get the money, they're more miserable with the money than they were without the money. <coughs> people think that their purpose is to be famous. So people work hard to be famous, and after they're famous, they, 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 they are still just as miserable. People think their purpose is to look pretty, and it's not nothing wrong with looking pretty. So they go and fix their body, they do Botox, they do all kinds of things and adjust themselves. How many of you are sitting next to somebody who did Botox? Just look at them and say, who are? 
<laughs> I see some guys looking at the other guys saying, hey, Mona, it's a Botox. So, they are somewhere this side. <laughs> Sometimes people think that, you know, purpose is about, you know, having a big house, as good as that is. You get your big house and you are still miserable. You get your Mercedes-Benz and you are still miserable. You wear your Louis Vuitton, miserable Louis. It's, it's even worse when you're wearing Louis Vuitton, driving a Mercedes-Benz, living in a big house, being rich and famous and still miserable. That's even worse. Because it is not what we get that gives us fulfillment. It's living out what we were purposed for. And the sooner you find and discover that purpose for your life, the better for you. Let the riches and the Mercedes-Benz find you on the way. Let it be the byproduct of living for purpose. Let it not be the focus. Can I hear an amen in the house? Let me give you a few pointers of how you can know your purpose. First question you must ask yourself is, what is the real desire of my heart? I mean, when I pray, when I come before God, what is it really that I really want to give my life to? What is the real desire of my heart? Psalm 37 verse 4. Delight yourself in the Lord. He'll give you the desire of your heart. Now we're still on point number one. Eh? Just in case, look like it's one. Well, I can know the real, it's, it's A. So the, the first point is no, yeah, clarity of purpose. So A, what is the real desire of your heart? B, what is it that stirs your passion? What I called the last time I spoke and I heard from somebody, what is it that gives you your Popeye moment? Let's have a Popeye moment. Huh? What is it that stirs your passion? What is it that when you see happen, it, it, it makes something move in here? And, and you want to go and fix it and solve it. You, you want to go and become the answer to that problem. You want to involve yourself. You feel that you are the one who's right for that thing. You, you are up to here with things being out of order there. You know Popeye, eh? You know, the story of Popeye is always interesting. Popeye always. But Popeye is a cartoon character. Funny guy. You know, very funny guy. You know, if you look at his hands, his, his, his arms actually, he's got, he's got his biceps here. And not here. And, and his biceps grow when he eats spinach. I think they're trying to get us to eat spinach as children. You know, yeah. And, and always the story around Popeye is someone is messing with his girlfriend. And it was always, someone always messing with his girlfriend and Popeye would put up with it. And I'll put up with it. She'll be telling Popeye, and he will kind of zing zong, you know, and say anything. But then until he gets up to here, and the minute he gets up to here, then he's going to open a tin of spinach and all that strength is going to go to his bicep that's here and it's going to go to this guy and give him one punch boom in other words he springs into action to resolve a problem that's what passion is what is it that when you see out of order you want to spring into action and, and resolve it yeah all of us there's something you feel passionate about number three or C know what is it that flows naturally with your gifts and talents what is it when you do, you realize you, you are just capable? I mean, if you are gifted as a singer, you don't have to struggle. 
If you are gifted as a singer, you don't have to really struggle to sing. You just open your mouth, beautiful music comes out. If you are not gifted, you try to convince the rest of us that there's something wrong with our ears. So what is it that flows naturally with your giftings and your talents? And then what is it that when you do gives you good results? See, what is it that you are fruitful in? A tree is known by its fruit. You know, there are people that are in the wrong place. Go about foster, about foster. Wherever they are, they are not productive at all. No good result. Case striker Mara, he never scores any goals. Mara remits a striker. And why he puts a roast striker? I want to ask for any goal. So what is it that when you do, you score good results? And the problem is we live in a world where people don't try to check how God has made them. We don't want to clarify what our purpose is. And give ourselves to that. Some of you, God's, really, God's purpose for you is to be a good teacher. You can teach. When you stand up and talk, we listen. We understand difficult concepts. Mara, you don't want to be a teacher. You want to sing for us. <laughs> huh? Some of you, God's gifted you to work with your hands. You are not gifted to, to interact with people. You, you, you are good, Mara. You don't have great people skills. Oh, you don't like my sermon, right? So you must work with machines because the machines don't care if you don't like them. They, they, they will just, you just press it, it works. So there are people who work, there are people who are, okay. I, I remember my, my sister once told me about a, 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 a medical doctor that they worked with who was a, a cardiologist. Great guy, but he was very fierce, this guy. Angry. Very angry. And my sister tells me that one day they brought a guy who had been I think he had been shot several times. And, and I mean, when they brought him into the hospital, the guy was really going into cardiac arrest. His injuries were so bad, and it looks like, you know, they, they hadn't read it everything in the theater to, 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 to cut up this guy properly. But this guy, this guy just, just cut this guy, opened him up, and just resuscitated him. He was so good. He was so angry. And my sister says, one day I asked him a question, but why are you so angry? He's the guy raised his hands and he was shaking. He says, these hands were made for me to be a farmer. But my parents insisted that I should be a doctor. Some of you, that's the way you live. Yeah. Yeah. Going through life misplaced all the time. Yeah. May you have 2020 vision this year. Huh? So that's number one, clarity of purpose. Number two, clarity of your goals. Are you clear about your goals this year? I know you've heard this before, but let me... It's talked about a lot, but let's just say it for the purpose of helping you remember. And for those who don't know, it will be helpful. You need to be clear about your SMART goals, they call them. SMART as an acronym, S-M-A-R-T. S for specific. Be specific about what you want to achieve. Don't say, I want to lose weight. You, 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 are, not, you are not specific. Say, I want to lose 10 kilograms. You are talking now. 
Hey, there's, there's a certain section that was laughing at 7 o'clock. They're laughing even now. I think God is speaking to that section there. So try to say, I'd like to drop 10 kilograms. Or, you know, I want to be able to do 20 sit-ups in a row without passing out. Sit-up. Hey, Ankara, this is very difficult to talk about, isn't it? Be very specific what you want. That's important, Pastor Anna. Be very, very specific. For instance, I was telling them in the first service, I was listening to Dr. Marks Monroe, and uh, the late Dr. Marks Monroe, one of the teachings he did, and he was talking about how his specific goal was to read four books per month. Hey! Some of us, we don't even read four books a year. <laughs> hey! Can I, can I talk about that, Pastor What's the moment? What's the moment? Can I talk about that? It's in my notes, but let me say it now, Rata Peter then. Pastor make a habit that you're going to be very intentional about investing in your life. There are things that are not worth investing in. You know, I'm still angry over the fact that exclusive books closed here at Maponya Mall. Exclusive books closed. When Maponya Mall opened, it, the exclusive books didn't survive even one year. It closed because the people will not buy books. Mara speeds. We outdid all the, I'm telling you, we did outdid all the speed shops, even the ones in Centen and the ones in Cape Town. This speed year was number one in the country that year. Now I've noticed we pick and pay, they have a, a liquor you said I must speak, so don't, don't give me that look. <laughs> they have a little section that, if you notice now during the, the, the festive period, the queues are so long there that for people to go in, it's like it's Black Friday. You go in through batches. So many go, buy, go cut, so many come in until certain brands are no longer there. Don't ask me how I know, I just know. Imagine the difference of investing in a shoe and in liquor as opposed to investing in a book. Okay, thank you. Thank you. M for measurable. If you know your ultimate goal is to pay 24,000 rents of debt this year, that means every month you must pay 2,000 rents to reach that goal. And this is where people never, never ever go through that exercise. We buy something, and you know these days it's worse because these people, these creditors, they, they send you these notes that say you qualify. How many of you have received those notes? Eh? You qualify for a loan of so much. And I never even applied for it. Right? So people get into debt, they never check if they can afford what they're buying, you know. And so people just live in debt. And living in debt is one of the worst things. I think this year I'll attempt to talk about that. This year, Kitobu this year. Wanna help you because, because it's a problem. Money is not just about the amount. It's about managing what you have. Yeah, yeah. 
I heard about a program recently. I blew it. I didn't know about that program. I just heard about it. I don't, we don't watch much TV, my wife and I. I heard about it, bro. I was shocked at the stories I heard. Huh? I was shocked. People getting lotto, 30 million rents. Losing it in one year. Now you know it's not about the amount of money. It's about knowing how to manage what you have. Yeah. We should be able to be realistic. Your goals must be measurable. Have goals and every day give yourself some steps that you can do on a daily basis, weekly basis, monthly basis. Success is not an accident. It's not a coincidence. <laughs> Success is not an event. Success is a process. You succeed because every day there are small steps that you take to get there every day. See, for instance, if, if, you, say, if you say, no, you, you, you want to go run the marathon this year. Mara, you can't even run to Maponya Mall from here without fainting. There's a likelihood that you won't be able to run the marathon. And as Karo, when you don't run the marathon, there's no boloi, nicks. There's no boloi. If you say you're going to run the marathon, you must stand first by being able to run to Maponya Mall without fainting. If you can't reach Maponya Mall, at least run to the gate. From here, the gate fell up more. Practice that until your lungs and your fitness at least allows you to run. Then go to Maponyamon. Then go to Rockville. Then try to go for two kilometers without needing paramedics to accompany you. Are you understanding what I'm saying, Basalan? See, let your goals be achievable. Is your goal realistic? Do you have the ability to do it? What about the skills or the tools you need to reach your goal? Certain goals to reach, you've got to have certain skills. And so it's not a shame, Barcelona, to downscale or downsize. Oh, please. When I was, when I was, when I was fun finishing at school, I was working and I wasn't earning a lot of money. So I was paying, first of all, paid my tithe. Then I gave at home boarding and lodging. It wasn't a lot of money. But you know, I stayed with my parents. I can't stay for Mahala. And you know that song, Yes, Changa, Hanya Mahala. I didn't want to Hanya Mahala. So I gave something. And then, and then I had to pay off uh, my, 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 my tuition. And then I had to have money for transport. You know, and then at the end, when everything was said and done, I was left with so little money after transport and everything. I was left so little money that I couldn't buy decent food. I couldn't afford to buy a hamburger. We used to call it humbuga. I couldn't buy a humbuga. You know, and I mean, guys, remember, I'm a young guy. Yeah? I'm working at a job, that I can humbuga. But my reality is that I couldn't humbuga. All I could do was to buy brown bread and cheese. Yeah, that's what I had. So, you know, I would buy brown bread and go high, I would put peanut butter on it, take it with cheese at work and would drink uh, the rooibos at work. That's what I had. Yeah. 
The guy is standing here. The guy is standing here. Is it the guy? Yeah. Now you see, you see, you see, you see, if you're not wise, when you look at a person doing that, when you look at a person doing that, you want to define where they are. No, no, no. That's just where they are. That is not their final destination. My reality is I couldn't afford to go to work by taxi. It was too expensive. I had to use train and a bus. I couldn't afford to buy the home booger. And I wasn't prepared to buy, uh, to buy my lunch on credit. How to How because we are called Let it be achievable. Don't just chase after something. You'll end up, wind up being discouraged in the long run. Have a goal that is achievable. R must be relevant. Does your goal fit into the overall plan that you have? It's very important. And T, time bound. Set a limit. Say by June, I must have paid off this account. You know, by July, I must at least be able to run two kilometers. He was got a fella get a mat. By the 30th of June, I will have lost 10 kilograms. So then if, you, if I say by the 30th of June I will lost, then, then I will calculate how many times I need to work out each week. Yeah, calories, all those things. You know, you just... So that was number two, right? Am I right? Yes. Number three, I love this one. Have clarity on your rhythm or your wiring. Write it down, I'll explain it to you. One of the things that's interesting is to note how every one of us is wired differently. If you're going to fulfill your purpose, you need to study how God has wired you. All of us are different. Let me give some practical examples. Say, for instance, one of your goals this year is to develop a consistent devotional life or quiet time. Prayer and reading God's word. All right. Now, if it was me, all right, I'm not one who is great at praying in the evening. Now, I didn't say I don't pray. I pray. But I can't spend quality time in the evening and I can't pray in the bedroom. I pray, Mara. It's not my favorite place to pray in the bedroom. I must go out. And I'm not great in praying being in bed. I fall asleep. I'm just being honest. I start speaking to the Lord in visions and dreams. <laughs> so I, so that, that's me. I'm not, you know, that's me. So, so what I do, if I'm going to pray, if I'm going to be consistent in praying, I've got to do it in the morning. Because that's how I'm wired. Now, here's the problem of many people. Many people never study how they're wired. In fact, if you look at great achievers in the world, everywhere. I was watching the other day, you know, in December, I was you know, on YouTube and watching all the different sermons of the different preachers. It was so great to compare them. You know, I would watch uh, 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 Reinhard Bonke, the way he preached, the late Reinhard Bonke. You know, Reinhard Bonke's preaching is very simple. He reads one verse. In his preaching, there's no Greek, there's no Hebrew, there's no anything. We are Shumayalanje. Hallelujah. He has a way of preaching that is very unique. 
And then you listen to Dr. Miles Monroe. He quotes, he reads this, he says things. It takes a while. Because he just has a style. And then you listen to Kenneth Hagin. Kenneth Hagin does it. The Lord appeared to me and so on. And, it, and he's so nice. And then you listen to T.D. Jakes. Oh, yeah. God, ready, God, ready, God, ready, God, ready, God. Ready, God. <laughs> and then you listen to John, John Austin. If you love your wife, if you love your dog, if you love your cat, if you love your mouse, then always wear. Because God is love. We mustn't fight. We mustn't argue. We must just love everybody. And if we love everybody, we will all go to heaven. How about tongue? And you look at this church, it's full. He's not, he's not, he's just there. But that's just the way God's made him. That's what makes him to be the way he is. Are you there, Basalina? You've you, you got to know who you are and what makes you who you are. Sports people. I learned this much later. You know, there are some who are, you know, the strikers, some of the strikers. Like Bo, 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 Bo Ronaldo Hell. Bo, uh, uh, Lionel Messi. Messi is better. He's, he's much better. Okay, Chiefs. You know, some of these guys who are strikers, if you look at them, they, they, are, they, are, they are hot-tempered. Hot-tempered. And I remember one commentator saying, that's what makes him who he is. Now, we're not saying you should be a hot-tempered, short-fused guy who's arrogant and who's, you know. But maybe that's why they score goals. Because they fight till the bitter end. They're just aggressive. And that's just how they play. If you watch at some people in sports, like, you know, I don't know if she's going to play this year. Serena Williams that I like to watch. She changed sports in terms of tennis for women. She and her sister, you know. And, and Serena is a very aggressive player. She doesn't play this nice... No, no, no. I'm sorry. But that's what makes her work. She doesn't go, Maria Sharapova. That's not the way she's in it. There's a reason why God made you the way He made you. Are you there? Oh, come on, somebody give the Lord a hand. There's a reason. You have your own wiring. You have your own rhythm. And, and if you are going to try and fulfill your purpose outside of the way you are wired. Now, I'm not in any way talking about we should do things that are wrong and sinful and say that's how. No, 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 no. But even aggression, even aggression, if it's rehabilitated and modified, huh? It's good. You can have a positive aggression. If you look at Paul, the way he went about planting churches, the way he went into cities where he was not wanted, the way he went into trouble, even if he knew trouble, right, the guy was aggressive. You can use that aggression for the kingdom of God. Can I hear an amen? 
You know, we, years ago, we, we had a, one, of, one, of, one of, you know, in our, in our staff, there was one of our pastors who was a very nice person. And, you know, we, 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 early days, I made a mistake. Anytime we had a dispute with some other people and we needed somebody to speak on our behalf, I would send the pastor to go and, you know, speak on our behalf. Coming back, the brother would get us to try and understand the other people. I said, hey, Muna, that's, that's not why you went there, comrade. You went there to make them understand our side. He says, no, no, it's because you don't understand them. I said, no, nah, I don't understand you. <laughs> you went there and took their side. I want someone to know. 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 So I learned to look, if we have a dispute, I don't send this one. Oh, yeah, now I don't lose a case all the time. I just send all the oil screw say once I shot that. Yeah, okay. Don't tell people that I said that, all right? <laughs> so you must know how you are wired. Number four, as we close, there are eight areas I want to suggest in which you need to have your 2020 vision this year. Eight areas. Eight areas where you need to have goals this year. Eight of them. Number one, spiritual goals. What are your spiritual goals this year? In terms of prayer, reading the Bible, attending church, studying devotionals, lifestyle, attending a cell group, connecting in a department, Belonging to a local church. Look at your neighbor and say, why are you not saying amen? Is that is <laughs> What about your goals? How long? You know, prayer, you know. They say, I want to pray for so long. We we're talking about it at home and I was saying, you know, this year one of the major things I really want to do because I'm noticing that I'm more productive in the morning, like I said, and I said, I'm going to work very hard to make sure that the first four hours of my day, I squeeze in some of the major things. I can't squeeze in everything. But at least I must pray, which I've done. I must read the Bible. I'll study and I want to go to the gym. It's doable. Within four hours, you can do it. If I'm within a certain 20, you can do it. Or five hours. So by the time I go to work, those things. You know, but that, that's a goal I have. That's a goal I have. So in terms of my spiritual disciplines, I've put it up there. So what are your, secondly, what are your goals in terms of your health? In terms of your health. Our health is important. And I must suggest, Bazalan, we must take care of our health, Bazalan. You don't like my sermon, it's okay. You must take care of our health. You must take care of what we eat. I'm telling you, and... And some of you young guys, I, I really feel sorry for you. I'm being honest. I'm not speaking down on you, but I, I really feel sorry because at the rate at which you're going, not taking care of yourself, when you get to a certain age, it's going to be a big problem for you. Invest in your health. You know, what about your goals in terms of eating right? You know, resting enough. We, we don't rest enough. You know, what about going to the gym? You know, what about those things? You know, when you're at work, instead of taking the lift to the fifth floor, why don't you use the stairs? 
Kautas and the I was with Adam Konto in, in, we were traveling with one of our, the pastors, not in our church, but one of the pastors are mentoring. And we were in some country outside South Africa. And, and so we went to the hotel. We needed to go get something from my room quickly. We were rushing off. And when we got there, the, the lifts were very busy. And I was up on the third floor. So I decided, Munje. I mean, he's, he's in his 30s. I mean, in my 50s, nearing 60. And I said, let's go up the stairs. I mean, it's only three floors. Just three. I said, let's go. I just started running. Went to my room, got the stuff. I mean, unlocked the room, got the stuff, came back, locked the room, came back, ran down the stairs. He was still going up. And I said, no, we must go down. He just stood there, looked at me. And I had to wait for him downstairs. He finally came back. You know, and he had that look on him. I didn't say anything. I just allowed the atmosphere to be tense. I was trying to get, I've been talking to the brother for a long time. I said, look at you, I mean, look at you, you are half my age. What are you going to do when you get to my age? We'll have to wheel you up there. Take care of yourselves, Vazalana. Sleep enough. That's why, Vazalana, alcohol, smoking, all those things, don't leave that out. Thank you. Thank you. Rest enough. Stop worrying and being anxious. Most of the things you worry about never happen. 99.999% of what you worry about never happens. Then to be healthy. But I'll keep on preaching. Number three, what about your educational goals? Huh? What is your plan to educate yourself this year? And, and educating yourself doesn't have to be formal education. It can be informal. What are your plans in educating yourself this year? Some of you need to go back to finish your degree. Some of you need to finish that MBA that you started. Or it could be reading a book every month. Educate yourself. Yeah, go back to school. Study Vazalana until you are very old. Keep your mind active. Keep your mind active. Read and read and read. I mean, Dr. Martha, like I said, four books. Four books a month. Four books. I thought, two. Four. Four. He reads four books every month. It's commitment. Yeah. So most people don't even have a library of the books that you're reading. Oh, my goodness. Well, don't go there, Bishop. Don't go there. But what are your educational goals? Number four, what about your family goals? What plans do you have for your family this year? It's not going to just happen without planning. You need to plan. When do you meet every day? When do you eat dinner? I mean, you know, we, we have a challenge at our home. We try to keep it balanced, but it falls out now and then. And if we do not sensitize ourselves for it, it's a problem. Because you wake up in the morning, you all leave, everybody goes to work, everybody goes about, come back, everybody comes at different times. Before you know where you are, Throughout the day, nobody has talked to anybody. Nobody has seen anybody. Give it a high, 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 high. <laughs> Come on now. So we don't see each other. We live very busy lives. You know? So what plans do you have to say, this is how as a family we're going to spend time every day, even if it's just over dinner. Sit together, have dinner together. Or have devotions. 
Pray together. It can be 15 minutes, 30 minutes. Yeah. Yeah, no, but we bump into each other. And then when things go sour at home, there's no longer any love in this home. How will it be there if we're not making time to be together? We have to all commit. We need to be back home by a certain time. Can't be when I salute with. We don't know where you are. We don't know when you are coming back. When we phone you, your phone is on voicemail. Huh? Anytime you leave, anytime you come back. Hey, Shema, I like the way you are uncomfortable. It's such a blessing. I wish you could see what I'm seeing as I'm standing here. It's, it's a beautiful sight of people who are uncomfortable. You see, Masana, I'll tell you why I'm raising this. I'm talking about practicality here. Isn't it strange? We don't work on these things, and when it don't work out, isn't it amazing? And there's nobody who points at us. We points at us. We didn't plan. So what are your goals for family? What about the dates you have with one another? One-on-one dates. Going away together as a family on holiday. Huh? When you meet together as a family and all of that. Number, number five. What are your career goals? Maybe you want to work towards a promotion at work. You want to learn something new in your line of work. You want to polish up certain things and, or you want a new career path. What are, what are your goals there? It's more. You know, even if you're in the same job, there's nothing wrong. Just improve yourself. Hopefully your employer is a good employer to recognize that because some employers are not good employers. You know? Number six, what are your social goals? Connecting with people, being friends. But Alana, it's not in life to move forward in life. You need to be connected. Sometimes it's not what you know, but who you know. I'm telling you. But connect with good people. Don't connect with bad friends. There are some people who are not good friends. Ah, Jesus. Thank you for that hand clapping. I can even hear the people out in the overflow. They're clapping more than you here in the mini tutorial. Number seven, what are your financial goals? Get out of debt. Try as best as you can, Bazan. I know certain things, it's almost difficult not to go into debt, Katon. But there are certain things that are not necessary, Huru, we must buy them on credit. Think about it, Bazan. If you're always buying something on credit, can you imagine Oreka Rot? Kakad. I mean, come on, guys. Come on, let's talk more. Borot, Borot, Borot. Kibukai Borot, Tut. 14 rands. 14 rands. So, how much are the charges? Oh, yes, I got swipe. Kibukai charges. Yeah, you will know. How much is it? 20? 21%. So, swipe so, brotoba 16 rands. So, what's 21% of 16 rands? 3 rands, 3 rands. So, so brotoba already is 20 rands, just to round it up. So, so, I've lost already 4 cents. Yeah, and then you must pay back that money within a month or otherwise there's more interest, there's compound interest. So finally Brotobo Boiler originally in at least 16 rands ends up probably being 50 rands. Brotobo and Obujilo with any second that you So 50 rands. No, 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 no. Think about it. Think about it. Think about it. Bazana, think about it. Let me show you. I've seen people swiping for bread. Who? 
Lofu, show. And I'm thinking, what you are eating is far more in terms of money. But we don't think about that. So most of the times people don't ever think about what's going to cost them. So what are your goals financially? Savings, planning, buying what you can afford, living within your means. Most people don't want to live within their means. They like hokadim. They like machonis. So ngubo hokadim ako patala. Skoloto sa no skoloti lo ono mukolota ana ukolota umukolota. So so now you have to go into debt to pay a debt that comes from another. And 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 this thing it throws you into a vicious cycle. You get your point where you so many people, month and the phone to me, like I 25 phone straight to you. The phone here. The subscriber of this. There's people already. I remember we were in one place some last year sometime. It was so interesting. We were in this place like a restaurant. So we're eating. And all of a sudden I see this young lady order. And I'm wondering. I mean, it was strange behavior from this young girl. Very lovely young lady. She was saving us. She was smiling. Hey, she's saving. And then all of a So, so I'm and gone out of the restaurant. So I asked one of her colleagues, I said, why is she doing that? And then she went, she said, oh. <laughs> I hope some of you are not going to do that in church here. You don't, you don't even want to talk about the I'm going to talk about hey. It must be difficult, Pastor Alana, when you have to live always. Okay. And then you start getting all these letters. Ends up being read. They come in the mail looking for you. Very soon, you don't, you don't want to live like that. If you don't have money for a cell phone, don't buy it. You understand? It's simple. Don't, don't buy it. If you don't have money for a car, don't buy it. There's a lot of good transport. Just someone can one day. Here's the thing, but I'm be closing in a short while. I was saying in the first service, one of the things I've been very grateful for is that I prefer to start at the bottom in everything. I'm being honest with you. When we started the church, we didn't start with the last church. We started with a small church. When I started earning money, I didn't earn a lot of money from day one. I earned very little. Why? Because learning to leverage the little. That's what Jesus said in Luke 16. If you can be faithful over little, you become ruler over much. See, so if, 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 if you learned how and things were not just given to you, came on and more, I blew it. People blow it because they never learned. I want to tell it. Hey, what record change that record? I want to know what but if you knew Hori, five rand, I know how to use it, Hori, even if I get ten rand. 
Anybody knows? You squeeze every little cent out of it and make it stretch. And the day you have 30 million, you'll know how to do that with that 30 million. I pray that should be your portion in the name of Jesus. And finally, what are your saving goals? How are you going to serve in the church and the community? You are a man and a woman of purpose. You are not just here, just to hang around and coast around, but you're here to fulfill purpose, and it is your choice. It's your choice. Next week, I'm going to continue along certain lines of this, and we want to build up this month so that by the end of this month, Bazalana, God can put us on that path. What a blessing it would be that when 2020 comes to an end, when you look back, you can count that, 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 that. Oh. Oh. Spiritually, that's where I am. Financially, that's where I am. Look at, look at me. Bona, bona at least I can run to the gate. Relationships. I mean, look at that. I mean, financially, this is where I Educationally, at least you know, and, and, and what a way to live than to have year in coming, year in every day when you, you look at it and the sun is gone, the years are going, you're getting older, but you're not moving forward in your life. Our prayer is that God will move you forward in your life. And this, we're going to talk about this, a bit of this car when we do our Achieve us awards. Success comes by obeying certain principles. Even God said that to Joshua. This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth. But meditate in a day and night that you may observe to do according to all that's written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous. And then you will have good success. Success happens because there are certain things that you are committed to. Success doesn't just happen. It happens because you are committed to certain things. And I pray this year, this will be the year where you are committed to certain things. <laughs> Father, we want to thank you for being so good and so gracious. Can you hold somebody's hand and begin to pray for them right now, will you please? Just pray for them in the name of Jesus. Can you do that? Pray for them, please. Just pray for them. Yes, Lord. That's our wish and that's our desire. Pray for them in the name of Jesus. Oh, we bless your name, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. 
Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Father, you have purposed us. You've called us according to your purpose. You've set us aside to fulfill purpose. May we do so. Keep your heads bowed, please. Your eyes closed all over this place. Maybe you say today, you know, I want to start right. With a vision that has to do with my spiritual life. As I look at my life, I'm not where God wants me to be. But I want to start with God this year. I want to invite Jesus Christ into my life, into my heart, to be the Savior and the Lord of my life. I want God to change me. I've walked far from God, but I want to come back home. Oh, I've never made a commitment to Christ. Right now, I want to do that. I want to commit to Jesus Christ that he should be the Savior and the Lord of my life. Please pray for me. All over this place, whether you're in the auditorium, in the foyer, in the dome, in the classrooms, in the youth hall, whether you are streaming from another church, wherever you are, I want to pray for you. If you say, please pray for me. I want to invite Jesus Christ into my life. I want to have a fresh start when it comes to my spiritual life. I want Jesus to come into my heart and, and make me a child of God. Please pray for me. If that is you, our heads bowed, our eyes closed, please. And it's you who needs the prayer. Would you raise your hand, please, right where you are. I want to pray for you. Just raise it high. Let me see it. Thank you for those hands. Raise them high. Thank you. All over the place. Thank you so much. May I ask everybody who raised their hands, would you stand on your feet? Even those of you in the dome, in the foyer, in the classrooms, in the youth hall, stand on your feet. Those who are streaming from all the branches, stand on your feet, wherever you are. Stand on your feet. Whether you are in Bromfontein, Brackenhurst, Brackpan, Cape Town, Caltonville, CWJ, Deep Kloof, Dobsonville, Dubai, Dube, Enadel, Galfontein, Katliso, Kutsong, Kutsong South, Kronhevel, Lenasia South, Linden, Lufereng, Majazana, Meadowlands, Midrand, Mokopane, Muletsane, Naledi, Orange Farm, Pulukwane, Port Elizabeth, Protea Glen, Ranfontein, Rockville, Rosettenville, Sasselberg, Sibuke, Slovoville, Snake Park Springs, Feriena, Ken, Fosloras, and Vetborki. Just stand right where you are. That's right. This is how God changes our lives when we take that step. And we say, count me in. Count me in. All right. I'm going to ask all of you, I want to pray for you. I'm going to ask you, please, if you could come from where you are standing, take all your belongings. Don't leave any of your belongings behind. And just walk to the front. I want to pray for you. Just walk to the front. Those in